Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. The Rose Bowl. The game that inspired the college football bowl season has a long and storied history. The stadium itself is 100 years old, and in celebration of it, Pigskin Dispatch is assembling some of the top historians and authors to share the memories, people, and events that make the granddaddy of them all the special game that it is. Enjoy this Rose Bowl memory from pigskindispatch.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And it is still the portal of Rose Bowl history this month as we are looking at each and every one of the Rose Bowl games and some of the great aspects of the Rose Bowl Stadium that turns 100 here in January 2023. Uh, today, we're going to have a collection of a multiple Rose Bowl games. We're going to look at the 1943 through 1950 Rose Bowl games. So it's going to be quite a ride, a uh, lot to talk about, and uh, some very big games with some great people that played in these games. And uh, before we get to those games, I want to make sure that you know that we have a daily newsletter that tells you not only about each of these Rose Bowl games that we're releasing each and every day, but everything else that we're releasing as well on Pigskin Dispatch and on JerseyDispatch.com, as well as any news from Orville Mulligan Sports Writer, the audio drama that we are a part of, and uh, many items that come from the Sports History Network as well. So easy to sign up for. Just go to the show notes of this very podcast or the front page of Pigskin Dispatch to sign up for the email subscriber. Two pieces of information takes you about 10 seconds to do, and you'll be receiving that each and every day. Cancel at any time, and it's totally free. Now, the 1943 Rose Bowl game. Uh, Let's talk about that. The Georgia Bulldogs and the UCLA Bruins tangled in a 29th Rose Bowl game on January 1st, 1943 in Pasadena. Scoreless through three quarters, Georgia put up nine unanswered points in the final period as Willard Red Boyd blocked a Bob Waterfield punt out of bounds for an automatic safety for the first two. And then Georgia's Frank Sinkwich dove in from one yard out for a touchdown and Leo Costa converted the PAT. The Bulldogs won it. 9-0 9-0 and Georgia's Charlie Trippy was retroactively named the player of the game when the award was created in 1953. We told you there would be some big name players playing and game one, well there's a bunch of Hall of Famers right there. Quite a mouthful, quite a bunch of good teams we had there in 1943 in the Rose Bowl game. 1944's Rose Bowl is the 30th edition of the Rose Bowl game, played January 1st, 1944, and it was another unique wartime circumstance. It is the only Rose Bowl game with teams from the same conference. It was necessary to have the two West Coast Pacific Coast Conference teams due to travel restrictions opposed by the war effort. The combatants were USC and Washington. USC coach Jeff Kravath 
calling the shots while on the Washington sideline it was head coach Raph Walsh. Now the Gordon Gray hauled in two passes for scores and one from Jim Hardy and the other from Ainsley Bell to help the Trojans cruise to a 29-0 victory over the Huskies. Southern Cal guard Norm Vary was retroactively chosen as the game's most valuable player. Let's fast forward one year and go to the next Rose Bowl game. Southern Cal made a return trip across for town for the 31st rendition of the Tournament of Roses New Year's Day game to face the Tennessee Volunteers. The game was scheduled for Monday, January 1st, 1945, and after the opening whistle, Coach Jeff Barnhill and the Vols barely knew what hit him. The momentum was all Southern Cal, as during the opening minutes, Trojan John Ferraro blocked a punt and teammate Jim Callahan scooped it up and delivered it to the end zone for a touchdown. It set the tone, and the Trojans rolled to a 25-0 victory. USC coach Jeff Kravath led his team to the second straight Rose Bowl win, and it's unclear who was decided as the most valuable player. From, from the stat lines, Jeff Hardy had to be the one in the running with two touchdown throws and another one rushing. And I think we're going to name him the most valuable player if he wasn't. Now we go to another year, and Coach Kravath and the USC team were invited for a third straight year to the Rose Bowl game scheduled for January 1st, 1946. Their opponent this time would be the Alabama Crimson Tide, still coached by Frank Thomas. The Crimson Tide dominated the game as they led 20 to nothing at halftime, allowing the Trojans very little offense as USC had negative 24 yards in the first half. USC didn't even make a first down until the third quarter, and at that point, well, it was far too late as they were down 27 to nothing. Bama had its star shine as quarterback Harry Gilmer threw one touchdown pass and ran in another, rushing for 116 yards on 16 carries on a day. Hal Self scored twice, once on a one-yard run and another on a 24-yard scamper, and the tied defense was stifling. Alabama outgained USC 351 yards to just a measly 41 for the Trojans. The final score was Alabama 34, USC 14, with Gilmer retroactively selected as the game's most valuable player. Now we go to another year, and the 33rd Rose Bowl game was played in 1947, and the invitations went out to the Illini of, fight of Illinois, the Fighting Illini, and the UCLA Bruins. The teams were chosen for the first time by an agreement of the top Big Ten Big Nine team uh, versus the Pacific Coast Conference. Of course, the Big Nine became the Big Ten just a few years later. Uh, Bert LeBruchery led UCLA to a perfect 10-0 Pacific Coast Conference title, while the Illini coach of Ray Elliott fought their way through a rugged Big Nine Conference with a 7-2 mark. The Bruins kept it interesting early, as they scored the school's first-ever postseason points on an Ernie Case quarterback sneak to give the Bruins a 7-6 first-quarter lead. It was all Illini from there, as Illinois took control with a sound running game, outscoring UCLA 39-7. The Illinois dominated the Bruins on the ground, compiling 320 yards to the Bruins 62, and the talented tandem of Illinois halfbacks Jules Reykjavik and Buddy Young shared the Rose Bowl Player of the Game award decided retroactively in 1953. The 34th episode of the Rose Bowl was played on Thursday, January 1st, 1948, and the billing was the second-ranked undefeated Michigan Wolverines of the Big Nine Conference against the eighth-ranked USC Trojans of the Pacific Coast Conference. Coach Fritz Kreisler, ready the 1947 Wolverines, known as the Mad Magicians on their cross-country trek, 
against the Southern Cow Squad of Coach Jeff Kravitz. Now, the result had a final score and a feel as if the first New Year's game played in Pasadena in 1902 as the Wolverines romped, this time over the Trojans 49-0, just like they did to Stanford back in 1902. Running back Bob Chapis of Michigan was recognized as the most valuable player five years later. The 1948 Northwestern Wildcats football team was a remarkable collection of talent that made history that year. Led by coach Bob Voigt's and halfback Frank Oschenbrenner, the team compiled an 8-2 record and won their first ever Big Ten title. They achieved this despite a tough schedule that included four ranked opponents, including number one Michigan, and the two losses on the ledger were perennial powerhouses Michigan State and a hard-fought 7-12 loss to Notre Dame. Their opponents in the Rose Bowl would be the California Golden Bears, who were 10-0 in the Pacific Coast Conference, and they had quite a great season themselves. Uh, They were averaging 28 points per game over the course of the season, as the California Golden Bears also had a season for the ages. It was an excellent season for Coach Lynn Pappy Waldorf and the team. They went on to have an astonishing 10-0 record, setting a new school record in doing so. An interesting side note is to the 1950 Rose Bowl game was that Coach Waldorf, who had previously been with the Wildcats uh, from 1935 to 1936 before leaving for Cal. And it was an incredible game, year of football. Saw the Bears winning an unprecedented 10 consecutive games. Heisman Trophy runner-up. Quarterback Bob Soleri also led the team to be drafted in the NFL. The scoring in the game started off when Frank Oschenbrenner ran 73 yards for the longest touchdown return in Rose Bowl history. In the second quarter, the Wildcats were awarded with a very controversial touchdown when Art Murakowski fumbled the ball, entering the end zone, uh, but they missed the point after. And uh, you know Jensen ended up getting hurt on that game, but Cal still got together and mounted a 56-yard drive for a touchdown uh, and had a one-point lead. Uh, no scoring took place much after that until the fourth quarter with less than three minutes remaining and 80 yards to go the Wildcats launched a historic drive. Oshenbrenner made the only complete pass of the game to Stone Cipher for 18 yards followed by a 14 year run by Paracone and a five yard penalty against Cal that set up a Statue of Liberty play and a 45 yard run by Ed Turncliffe for a touchdown. The Bears attempted a passing drive just in the last minute but failed and Northwestern hung on and won 20 to 14 to win the 1949 Rose Bowl game. We move on to the next January. In Ohio State, a clear underdog was led by Coach Wes Fessler, and the 36 Rose Bowl game was played on Monday, January 2nd, 1950. The sixth-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes champions of the Big Ten Conference played the undefeated champions of the Pacific Coast Conference, the number three-ranked California Golden Bears. Cal started the scoring in the second quarter when Jim Moncino dashed for on a seven-yard run to pay dirt, and then Colum kicked the ball through the uprights to give the Bears up at the half seven to nothing. No, no more scoring until the third quarter when the Buckeyes responded on a Fred Morrison one-yard run and subsequent Jimmy Haig PAT kick to tie the game. That was followed by another Ohio State score on Jerry Carl's six-yard run on a, for a touchdown and another kick by Haig. Cal replied to tie the game on a Monachino 40-yard run and column kick that nodded the game at 14 in the second half. The fourth quarter contained the difference maker when the Buckeyes moved the ball and then set up a Hague 18-yard field goal to win the game 17-14 in the upset. Ohio State fullback Fred Curley Morrison was named the player of the game a few years later retroactively. 
Now that is quite a bit of Rose Bowl history all packed into one episode. We hope you enjoyed this. Some great games, some great players that played in the game. And you see why we are so enthralled about this Rose Bowl history because it seems like year after year, uh, the teams are producing, the players are producing, and just some legendary coaching and players and uh legendary games that make the Rose Bowl oh so special and that's why we keep watching it after 109 editions uh, still going strong so hope you look forward to watching the big game uh, this New Year's Day uh, this year and uh, listening to more of this great Rose Bowl history each and every day if you've missed any you can go back or at your favorite podcast provider it's Pigskin Dispatch or you can go to pigskindispatch.com type in the words Rose Bowl uh, in quotation marks into the search box and you'll see all kinds of great stuff that's happened there in Rose Bowl history as well as many more great football history we have uh, thousands of articles in there for your uh, reading and listening enjoyment as well as thousands of podcasts that go with it too so hope you enjoy all that hope you join us each and every day as we have 40 days of Rose Bowl history and we're right smack in the middle of it so till tomorrow everybody have a great gridiron day Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. A special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast as well as Jersey Dispatch on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.